Hey, everybody. Good to see you for the first time tonight. This is the uh, Gundam Explained podcast, episode 72. Uh, currently live on Twitch and Facebook, too, which is pretty cool. If you happen to uh, join a little early, we're doing some behind the scenes. Uh, still trying to figure this out. I got with Wirecast about some of the issues, and they're like, you're going to have to play around with it. And I was like, okay. I was told not to do that, but, you know. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's easy to say that to somebody who's like, you know, well, you know, I'm kind of trying to put on a show here. It's like, <laughs> I know, I know it, it, it's random. And even like looking up things on YouTube, you know, people tend to say, Hey, it's kind of, but you know what? We're going to get this. Even goose says part of the charm is, um, uh, all these technical difficulties, but I can't stand it anymore. No, I mean, cause speaking of that, the G watch episode two is out. So if you are a, a supporter, um, you can have access to that. And yeah, there were some technical difficulties on that. It's still clear and you can hear everything, but it's not to the standards that I want. So um, just let you guys know, I'm always going to be working on the quality. But you know what? Let's talk about Gundam. Let's talk about Gundam. Um, uh, yeah, Steven, thanks for joining. As always, yesterday on your show, we were talking about the uh, who we're actually going to talk about today, Vincent Gleisner's uh, high mobility Zaku that you're uh, customizing with 3D printed parts. Yeah, yeah, working on that Gumpla um, sort of resin conversion kit that um, hopefully will be ready by Christmas, you know, knock on wood. But um, yeah, I'm excited to do a little chat about the character himself, the man, the man, That's the cool. myth, the legend. Yeah, especially since you're a fan of him. But I, um, so yeah, it was cool. Uh, yesterday, yep, Steven's channel, um, links in the description, tons of fun and always fun to talk with people in chat, just like right now. Ian Goose, Jedi Sela, Zionic Shadow, Lucas Garrett. Um, I know I saw Neon Wave in there. Um, I don't want to miss anyone. Um, yeah, yeah. If I missed you, you can email me a complaint and I will read it live. I don't mind um, because I want to give everyone a chance, right? Because it's not good to be shunned and banned. Oh, Gundam Wings in there. Good to see you. Um, so. Hey, Zionic, you're saying the VG. Am I missing something? What's the VG? Uh, the Vincent Gleisner. Oh. <laughs> uh, and my, my first thought was video game, and I'm like, yeah, I'll play a video game. Uh, yeah, let's no. do it. Game on. But speaking <laughs> Got of my that, PS3 he... right here. Let's do oh, it. <laughs> good idea, actually. Let's park that. But I was going to say real quick, Evil West. I don't know if you guys have heard of that game. It's a really cool, like, 360-era shooter that's out right now. It's pretty fun. Um, I love it. But, um, uh, so real quick, I wanted to talk about something crazy. Um, I made that cool video. I think it's cool. I had so much fun making it. It just came to me, that Star Wars video, because, like, Andor was over, and I saw people posting, like, what to watch after Andor, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's Universal Century Gundam, of course. So I made a video explaining that, kind of explaining how, like, these are things that are similar. And what was interesting was I was like, okay, Let's, you know, part of the goal with this channel is really just to make Gundam more popular here in the West. Um, just for it to pop up as much as Star Wars does. That might be hard to do, but I posted on the Star Wars subreddit, which I never really do. I, I read there a lot, but I posted the video to be like, hey guys, I know Andor's done. Gundam has that verisimilitude, that groundedness. This would be awesome. Here's my video where I explain everything. And then I got banned, but not just banned, perma banned, permanently banned. From the Star Wars subreddit, look which, out! The Jannies are coming. Which it, it was—it's weird because on one hand, you know, it's fine. I don't need to be 
post narrative really do. But on the other hand, that's just kind of sad. That's just like how obviously I'm an excited fan. I wasn't posting anything about toxicity. I wasn't complaining about anything. I was posting my excitement. And someone saw that even though they told me it was for self-promotion spam, one, what is self-promotion nowadays? Everyone that is online is making content to a degree and wanting to share that. And yeah. I, the post I made wasn't spam. I was putting, I was asking questions. I was putting details in there. Um, so I, re I replied to the admin and I was like, hey, you know, could you please explain how this is considered spam? And then he just said, read the rules and then muted me. And I was like, damn. And so it just makes me think like, I was someone that was excited to share something to like share. I love Star Wars. I love Gundam. I wanted to like, this is the perfect place to be like, hey guys, this is going to make you as excited, but I just get, you get shut down. And like, I mean, I could understand if it was like, hey, that is actually really considered self-promotion. We're just going to delete the post. I would be like, okay, I get it. But not even a warning. Not, no. not, a, not a temporary ban. A permanent not ban a, on not. first offense, like out of the gate. I know. You know it kind of makes you wonder if people even want these communities to grow, if that's the way that they're going to treat yeah. people. Well, you know, the other part of it, too, is um, from my understanding, this is something I was looking more into a few years ago, is that Disney has control over the Star Wars subreddit. And so I wonder if they just kind of have a, a zero tolerance policy, maybe just in general. That's kind of Possibly a corporate so. thing to do. But what's interesting is right now a lot of social media that's being done is by uh, these tech companies that started with social media. So when government agencies are wanting to put forth regulations, they go to Twitter, Facebook, whatever. The thing is a company like Disney is a, is a media company. Like they make movies and stuff. So then if they have the capacity to control a community or a group, that's where it gets scary. There's this then thing where, the you know, again – a corporation has more rights than a person technically, so you can get away with a lot of things. But then it's if true. you go one step further and corporations can silence people at a larger degree than the government, I mean, I, I feel like we, we're seeing where this is going. You know, it's Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, chat agrees with you. Everyone says, like, that's how Reddit is. Reddit is a dying platform. Um, you know, Reddit is toxic. And and I agree. Reddit Reddit's a, a, a terrible... <laughs> to, to, to put it as... Um, as the late great Graham Chapman once said in uh, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, on second thought, let's not go there. It's a silly place. <laughs> not, that's good. Yeah, you know what? And, and that's what's interesting. When I backed off social media, that's when I decided to use Reddit because I went to specifically go, okay, Star Wars subreddit, meditation subreddit, um, consciousness, like things I'm really interested in, no politics. Yeah. Um, and uh, so usually there wouldn't be an issue, you know. Uh, Scene. Uh oh. Did okay. I break it? That was that was crazy. I think we're back or we're about to be back. Let's give it a second. I think we're so back. That was nuts. The this whole program I'm using, so I'm gonna have to email them about that because the 30 day trial is about to be up and I'm about to drop some cash on this. <laughs> um it it crashed, but then I was able to open it back up. I gotta admit that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see after this. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to add about that last thing is um, I then I, I posted the same video on the Gundam subreddit because I wanted to kind of get an understanding of the like crossover uh, of Gundam fans and Star Wars. And that was such a joyous post because people were replying with really cool stuff. They were like, yeah, I got into Star Wars 
And then I got into Gundam, where I like Gundam first, then I found Star Wars, and then the things that they liked that were interesting. I was like, wow, that that right there, kind of like a light bulb went off in my head. Not really a light bulb, that wouldn't be the right one, but that the Gundam community really is pretty cool. Um, it, just for the fact of the contrast of sharing a video on the Star Wars platform, sharing on the Gundam platform, and seeing the reaction. Um, it's a different energy, for sure. Yeah, different energy. Different energy, for sure, yeah. Okay, well... Um, Man, I, I can't believe I just recovered that. Um, that that was pretty scary what happened just then. Um, all right, I'm about to jump into the next topic. I have to rebuild something real quick. Um, yeah, that should be it. And then, um, yeah, but this other thing I'm going to email them about too is it's flashing. So I'm sorry, people. For some reason, sometimes the browser's flashing. And there's Shirt Lad's YouTube. I was testing out one of his videos. Yeah. Um, Friend of the channel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you did an interview with him a few live streams ago. Um, okay, so last last week, the last podcast was just a quick like Thanksgiving thing. I didn't really um, – we didn't really do a live stream. It was like 17 minutes long. So I didn't go through the questions, and I want to um, – grab those yeah because there were some good ones last week yeah yeah both on patreon and youtube so and steven taught me this it's a pretty cool trick really you can choose patreon or youtube either one if you prefer one platform or the other to, to support and either one you can post questions so uh but we have lucas garrett here um if you could develop your own gundam series what would it be about and what would uh, make your Gundams and allied enemy mobile suits distinct from what became, what came before? The So to make it interesting, I, I sometimes repeat myself with this stuff. I would say let's almost go like far future, unless this has been done and I don't know about it, and, and do like extreme crazy tech like, uh, I don't know, quantum tunneling, uh, manipulating the electromagnetic field so like Gundams on ground could like teleport around and then reappear to like battle real quick and then zip away i don't know dragon ball z style something a little different um what about you uh steven anything come to mind um well like you you know this is a topic that i think um we've talked about before um a little bit but i think before we were talking about it in the context of video games and i think that as far as a series goes um i would draw inspiration from there was an old Marvel Knights comic book series based on Namor, uh, the Submariner, and it was told from the perspective of these guys on a submarine that were sent to go find a wreck, a, sh a wrecked ship, and the Submariner is like this horror story. It's it's he's not a superhero. He's like a, a like a cryptid or a monster or something like that. Oh, and so I would idea. want to have a kind of story like a a small squad of Zeon pilots that's going into the jungle to try and recover you know, uh, a missing unit or something like that. But there's these horror stories about this this devilish white mobile suit that strikes down Xeon pilots and, you know, really sell the horror aspect horror. of it. It was like that Incredible Hulk movie where the, I think he was in Brazil and then he was like in the warehouse, but no one could see him. And then he was just like guys were being like grabbed left and right. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I Brian, love that. Stuff. It, Brian's mentioned the screen flashing. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Just another ticket I'm going to call support about. Um, and then, you know, I saw something Sayla said. I just have to 
Um, she's like, well, now it's going to get worse now that China Bob is back as CEO. That's a conversation for another day. Um, I know it is, and I hope I don't derail too much. I just want to say one thing. People are, like, excited he's back, but he's the one that made Force Awakens be a kind of a reboot style. Yeah. instead of. So I don't like anything he does, to be honest. No. Um, uh, I want both the Bobs out. No Bobs. Maybe maybe you can bring in a Bill or a Buck, <laughs> but no Bobs. Yeah, <laughs> the Bobs have proven that Disney cannot be run by a Bob. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, okay, well, that was cool. That was a good one, uh, Lucas, because... It, distinct from what came before, and that's what made me think of that, uh, like technology, like that. Oh, it looks like I might be a little loud. If you could bring me down. Oh, a, bit. a little loud. Let's see. Um, I think I know what to do for this. Um, Speaking of Disney, this is a lot like Han Solo trying to fix the Millennium Falcon oh, while it's in the air. I can I fix this. No. Um, a little loud, huh? You know what? Uh... Oh, you know what? Maybe I can um, modify that. Here. Let's see. All right, let me let me know if uh, if I'm still coming in too loud, guys. Yeah, I, nothing, nothing to do about that. It could be that maybe I'm low. I, I don't know. But anyway, sorry guys, we're gonna go forward with this. Um, okay, here is from Patreon. I want to. Um, hey, you know what I'm gonna do real quick? I feel like I'm gonna have a seizure, <laughs> so I, I'm not gonna display what I'm gonna read. Um, I, and I don't want to give everyone else a seizure. Um, let me... Fair enough. Okay. So, I want to thank uh, Brandon Keith, all the supporters, of course, but Brandon really brings in the content. So, um, uh, let me just make sure I had that there. Okay, so... Oh, I totally hear you regarding silent voice for Gundam Double Zeta. Way better than anime Janai. But oh, honestly, yeah. the whole Zeta and Double Zeta saga, I can't watch it because they both lack a proper dub. That has con continuity with the dubs for MSG and Shars Counterattack. I'm a dub guy. Can't do subs. And I will say I, I've learned to appreciate and prefer dubs myself. Um, I can tolerate subs, but I need an English dub to experience an anime properly. And I agree. I think that's what... Um, and I think most people may not realize that that's what keeps them from watching things like Double Zeta because it's already hard enough to kind of get over an aged anime, but when you add in having to read, you know, I, I get it. That, that makes sense. Well, and, and I mean, that's when people say like, that's how it's meant to be watched. Someone who's watching a movie or a TV show in their native tongue is not trying to read what's going on on screen while the action is happening. They're just yeah. processing all that information at once. So while I do agree that dubs typically have some bad localization, um, and so subtitles tend to be a little bit more accurate to what's actually being said on screen. I think that the way it's meant to be watched is in a tongue that you understand. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right because there, there's hand-drawn animation you're supposed to be, you know, like staring <laughs> at, you know. And with subtitles, you have to read. And sometimes if it's a word that's in universe, you sometimes are taking more time on that, even if it's just a split second because you're gathering in that. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, I can't do subs. I can tolerate subs, but I need an English sub to experience an anime properly. The Ocean Group did such a perfect job on MSG and Shars Counterattack. Had they been able to return to work on Zeta and Double Zeta and had the original intro and outro music got licensed. I feel like I could really experience the intro music for both properly. The video game cinematics for Gundam uh, Dynasty Warrior games 2 through 3 actually brought in the voice team that worked on MSG and CCA, and they also hired better voice actors for the Zeta and Double Zeta characters and good voices from the Zeta dub. Um, Steven, what's your opinion? Do you agree, like, they did a good job with those games and the voices? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I actually love the voice actor who played Judo in the in the video games because... Um, oh, yeah, that's the judo, yeah. yeah, uh, judo is a, a character that, like, I don't think anyone's really heard a strong interpretation of him in English. Yeah. And the uh, the voice actor that did the Dynasty Warriors games, I think, really nails it. Compared to, like, for instance, um, Gundam versus Zeta Gundam, they do have an English voice actor in there for Judo, because Judo is one of the secret unlockable characters. Um, but uh, but doesn't it's not quite as compelling. Okay, that's very interesting. I think I need to go back then, and because I don't have in my head a judo voice. Well, yeah, isn't it weird do, when you think about that? You're like, what does that character sound like? <laughs> yeah, to me? Um, yeah, because that kind of adds to like their to understand uh, like a personality or an attitude. Like, it, you know, it, it really helps with that. Um, you know, that is pretty cool because I just getting into Gundam. I, I would love to experience having watched Zeta or Double Zeta or whatever or all the shows, and then playing the games as they come out and seeing the production value with voice acting. That would blow my mind, so. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, those games give us a sense of what a proper Ocean Group dub for Zeta and Double Zeta could have sounded like. What a missed opportunity. But back on topic. Songs like Men of Destiny in the Winter or songs like Eternal Wind from F99 or Beyond the Time from CCA. All very deep and powerful songs. Can't understand any of the lyrics, but understand the meaning and tone. The songs really add to the shows. Even the James Bond-esque intro song for Hathaway was really, really good. Yeah, I like that. And I didn't even catch that at first until someone on Reddit brought up, it's like James Bond. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Which is perfectly fits the tone. Yeah. I can't believe they thought of that. Like, that's ex it's, it's, it's those things where, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, as I want Star Wars to do, where they do things where you're like, yes, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I need to put a dollar in a jar every time I reference Star Wars, but that's okay. Um, let's see. Can't understand Don't make any... me tap the sign. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the Gundam podcast, not Star Wars podcast. Or... <laughs> um, can't understand any of the lyrics, but understand the meaning and tone. Those songs really add to the shows. Even Oh, yeah, I already read that one, did I? Like I said, I can't look at double O. Too dull, very slow-paced. Even Steven admitted he fell asleep looking at Double O. But that second intro song, Ash Lake Snow, is fire. I love G-Gunnam, but it's just too long. 50-plus episodes is too many episodes. And their true songs, Fly in the Sky and Trust You Forever, don't fit the show in my view. Those songs are good, but way too emo. Now, not masculine enough like how the show is. Uh, if the show was shorter or broken down into arcs without filler uh, and had more masculine intro music, it would be the perfect anime in my view. I think that some of those um, intro tunes are a little dated or they're a product of their time. Let me put it that way. Exactly. I, Gundam I Wing is like the, the Just Communication uh, or it is, yeah, yeah. Just Communication and Rhythm Emotion. Those two songs are have no tonal fit to the, yeah. to the show itself, but they are so buried in that 90s trance techno yeah. era 
And the same goes for Zeta, for that matter. Like, I actually prefer when they use the Aug theme as the intro oh, music for the English dubs. I agree. Because it sounds like Epic. triumphant. It sounds yep. like a Star Wars song. <laughs> it yeah, sounds like go. a John Williams uh, production compared to um, compared to the original Zeta opening, which is basically an 80s pop song. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the Japanese intro, but I love what they did for the American one. Like, I... Um, and so that's funny with the G Gundam music and uh, guys, if you haven't heard, I mean, I know you got to be supportive, but we do have the G watch podcast where we went through, uh, yeah, the whole episode one and two is all of G Gundam cause there's so much of it, but I got to say, I liked the songs. They were catchy, but yeah, it didn't seem to like fit or give me a feel. And that was, I guess my kind of overall take. Yeah. You'll have to listen to what I, um, thought about the show in general, but, um, was there another point um, I was going to grab on that? No. Uh, yeah, I, well, like I think Brandon had mentioned um, Into the Sky, right? The uh, unicorn, the, the series unicorn intro music. It might have been from a previous. Um, might I, Like from a previous from question, because I was yeah. going to say that's another example of a song that's very much not in line <laughs> with the show, yeah. but is it's a pop song and i love it it sounds like natalie and bruglia i love it yeah yeah that's right yeah it it, there's something about it over time it just it works um so yeah this other one from brandon in regards to my comment about the possible cancellation of gunham live action film i mean you could be right about them just putting it off for for other reasons but isn't it kind of odd that things went completely silent on gundam live action around the time cowboy bebop being released and tanking hard with fans and critics with the complaint that it was too woke and too different from the source material now I think a lot went on at Netflix at that time. They were going to plan on going into the cinema, into theaters, and they kind of pulled back. And then they were like, wait a minute, we are... But I also don't think... I think it's Legendary that's really making the movie. And and again, I think I've said Legendary is really... So it, even if Netflix was like, yeah, we're not going to do that, Legendary is probably still going to do it. Um, they, they have enough invested in it and... Yeah. Um, that director, the guy that did um, Godzilla, yeah. um, you know, he 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 want he's in on the, the Metal Gear movie. He's yep. in on the Gundam movie. Um, I don't think he's walking away from those projects, um, it, it, you know, you and know, for better or worse, because like I said, I'm not particularly confident about either of those projects. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's well, not my choice. I forgot if I mentioned this, but Kakarot, when he was at. It was either I don't think it was Anime Con. It might have been I forget Anime Con or Comic Con. There was a closed door session with the director, explaining. Yeah. I totally forgot to bring that up. So that uh, and that was just this past July or August. So they're still working on it. Um. Um. Okay. And then let me go on this. Yeah, the Cowboy Bebop tanking hard with fans and critics with the complaint that it was too woke and too different from the source material. It felt like the series failing made legendary Netflix pump the brakes a bit. The hardest part about a Gundam film would be making the way the Gundam functions seem possible in real life. In animation, they've got the science down and they've made it make sense while taking liberties with what could happen in real life and finding the gray area of reality for sci-fi fantasy, doing it in a way to be real for casual moviegoers would require changes. I love gun cockpits, but two gear sticks and rectangular monitor and pedals not enough to make giant robot with arms and legs and head move in fluid motion like in the animation. It wouldn't make sense. I don't know if you're familiar with a with the bad sci-fi robot action film. Ooh, watch out. Goose is going to get on you. No, I'm joking. Uh, I think that's Goose's favorite movie. Robot, robot jocks. jocks? Yeah. Oh, but in terms of... Love robot jocks. <laughs> but in terms of cockpit controls and functionality, they would need to change it to be something like what is shown in that film such a change would cause outrage with fans 
So just feel that Cowboy Bebop cancellation and then the complete silence on Gundam Live Action Velma was a sign of them pumping the brakes. I mean, I guess the optics are there. That's true. They probably should be saying a little bit more about the Gundam thing. Um, you know, something, though, it would be very interesting because I do think when they, and maybe that's what's taking a long time, they're really trying to figure out how do we portray the robots on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Pacific Rim. I think it's okay, but it it never really grabbed me. It was an enjoyable watch. Um, the other thing I like to think about, too, and this director should do a Gundam live-action movie. What's his name? The Evangelion guy that did Shin Godzilla? I forget his name, but a great director. Um, like, you could film a Gundam movie like how Shin Godzilla was um, because it's a lot of just... The camera angles are very classic. They're not like computer-generated camera angles. I think if they stick with that, like the 2014 Godzilla by Gareth Edwards, Rogue One. Yeah, I think I think it's possible. Or I'd like them to try. You know what that reminds me of? Back in the first-person shooter era of the early 2000s, we had Call of Duty. It was just World War II. And yep. it made sense because, oh, yeah, you're just shooting those type of guns. That makes more sense. And I was like, there's no way they could ever do modern. That's just too crazy uh, for the type of fast-paced gameplay. But it happened, and everyone was able to do it. And 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 I, I don't know if I'm alone on this, but, yeah, back then I was like, how could they really do a modern game as fast as Call of Duty? Because the guns are faster, and they did it, and it worked. And I think sometimes we don't realize things can work when they really do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Final question, does Gundam contradict itself? All the shows have an anti-war message in them. However, the point of the show is to sell toys and merch to teens and kids with the animation story are basically war machines. Now, I forget if I read that before. That sounded familiar because I think my answer was at least with a show like Gundam, it's you can kind of have fun with that inner urge we have for war and battle and fighting, but it's we're not actually really killing someone so we can get it out that way um, and yeah. through the toys. I don't know. Well, and I've said before, um, you know, it, there's that uh, documentary that, um, the, you know, the I, I don't know exactly what it was called, but uh, I, I'll put a link to it um, in the chat if I can if I can dig it up. But I reference it all the time because in the original show notes that um, Tomino went over with Yasuhiko and um, and Kunio Ugawara, th- there was never this like anti-war message that that people have i think that that's something that people have kind of imposed on gundam after the fact and tomino himself has kind of said like oh yeah it was anti-war but you know it's like the theme of the show was literally freedom and duty were the two words on on the cover of his of his Mm. you know gundam bible and if you think about it like the story of amuro is one about duty more than anything else yeah it's not it's not portraying necessarily an anti-war message but like when war is appropriate as a, as opposed to you know killing for the sake of killing or killing to protect other people and even lala calls him out by the end of the show says like you know you're you're out here fighting but you have no one to protect oh yeah yeah you know that's a good point because i feel like inherently i would think by default we're anti-war so when we're portraying war and stuff a lot of times it's not glorified where where it's like wow cool let's go new yeah we don't want to be jingoistic (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it and it's really where this is the reality of it where it's not a good thing but at least we get good characters out of it because they're put in these stressful situations you know absolutely and then from ian happy thanksgiving everyone looking back at mobile suit designs and seeing some inspiration 
uh, whether from the granddaddy to the Alex or seeing some design influence in the Epion from the Master Gundam. It's interesting to see how Gundam has evolved from series to series. My question for you is this. Like Amuro designing the new Gundam, if you could design your own Gundam, would you mix and match parts like a Gumpla kit or just from the ground up make your own 100% design? Keep up the good work. Looking forward to all the future content coming. P.S. Keep on Gundabbing. Um, I'm glad my kids didn't see that. Um, uh, <laughs> At least they didn't catch you floss dancing. Oh, well, they have. I, I don't <laughs> oh. want to get... Okay, anyway. No, that's a good one because I would like to design one from the ground up. And I've even thought about that myself. Like, how can I make my own design but not really just look like I'm modifying a design? Um, because it is fun to modify a design like a complicate. It is fun to make stuff up like that. But something completely new. Have you thought about that before? Yeah, and I think that if I were going to design a Gundam, it would be something kind of like the Moon Gundam, where you have what is essentially a Xeon design. And I would probably, you know, start with a ground up type of design that starts from a, a Xeon curved angles, yeah. like maybe exaggerated features kind of thing. And then maybe slap a V fin on it after the fact. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I kind of like it when that happens. And sometimes, yeah, there's some other suits like with the uh, GPO four, I think, you know, where there's those times where they've kind of crossbred. Um, yeah yeah that's cool and another one from brandon i also want to thank you both for this platform there really aren't many friendly places online for american gundam oh. fans to interact about gundam i think there are a lot of closet gundam fans that don't have any places to go to express themselves i have had too many bad experiences with gundam message boards well i'm glad you're here man and i'm glad you um you yeah. just throw everything because that that's kind of like the idea is we're all excited about gundam we want to talk about it um you know, something Stephen brought up on his stream yesterday I really liked is, is Stephen, how you were talking about it's more of like friends. Because sometimes community nowadays, kind of like the word woke, can kind of get used incorrectly. And almost yeah, there's like, some oh, baggage that comes with that. Baggage, that's a good way to put it. Because people will refer to communities like a toxic community, a toxic community. And I think the biggest thing, yeah, here with Gundam Explained, it's like, yeah, really make, making friends, you know, it, it really does seem like that, we're all just hanging out, chilling talking about Gundam um, yeah, stuff like that um, so thanks Brandon and then Goose, hey guys thought I would make up for last week's questions restrictions, Steven, I want you to tell me your favorite version of the Zeta Gundam I know there are like five models, so let's get a top five on that, and for Adam what version of Hazel is your favorite and let's get a top five okay. well I, I will let you think about that because I think I could answer mine real quick. So with the Hazel, my favorite uh, is actually in order from like, and I don't know how to explain it. It's, you know how like the Hazel has like its own evolutionary path. Like Woundwort, I think, is like a later, like I like them like in that order. Like the Hazel standard, that's my favorite. And then I like the the casual or the, yeah, evolutions after that. Um, like basically one through five yeah exactly <laughs> which i think you know what like the gap plant fiber is is in there right yep. so there you go the, the yep. fiber is, yep <laughs> no, there you go no. yeah uh there's another one the uh uh i think is a is also a variant i think is pretty cool mm -hmm. but yeah with the yeah, zeta I mean, all of that advanced zeta stuff is it's just awesome <laughs> oh, yeah it is um I, yeah i love it but 
I, I we know you're a, a Zeta guy. So I am indeed a Zeta guy. Um, so I guess if I had to rank them, let's let's start with number five. I would say that the Zeta Plus um, C1 um, or the Unicorn version, both yeah. of them are just that plain gray Zeta Plus. Kind of underwhelming there. Um, nothing underwhelming, nothing too fancy but would you say it fits perfect for like a standard mass production like craft? Like if there was a whole row of them, it just looks good that I way. I think that the yeah the Zeta Plus that that gray variant definitely looks more like a mass produced Zeta Gundam than say the mass production Zeta Gundam yeah. that yeah. <laughs> that you do see uh, in the timeline. Um, number four, I guess we'd be looking at the uh, the Zeta three. Okay. Um, let's see. Number three, we'd probably be looking at the Hummingbird, which is that uh, white and blue variant. It's a C- it's a Zeta plus, but it has parts from the um, from the S Gundam booster type. So it's got like you know these massive thrusters oh, and oh, some yeah. giant propellant tanks on the shoulders and stuff Love like that. that. Um, Number two would be the Rigazi from Char's Counterattack. Um, I know that the that the, the chat is going to bury me alive for that because nobody likes the Rigazi, but uh, I love the Rigazi. I love, I love yeah, the Rigazi. It, I, I thought it was it, it made a lot of sense the the sort of design direction that they went with it. Um, yeah. And the coloring. And then, yeah, I feel like that works. It's it's almost like the best of both worlds when it comes to like what the original Gundams to Zeta had. Oh yeah. Ones. Well, and it's kind of ironic that it's like, you know, the whole idea of the Zeta Gundam was we we're going to take the flying armor and we're going to make it part of the Gundam. And then, you know, what is it, 13 years later, we're going to take the flying armor out of the Zeta Gundam and make it its own thing again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the custom, Rugazi custom? The custom's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I love my space AK. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. Which, again, you know, will bring up Andor <laughs> and yeah, their space AKs. Yeah, another space AK, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, number one's got to be the, uh, the the classic OG Zeta. Yeah, it is. It is strange how cool those designs are. Like, like the Zeta, the Mark II, and the OG Gundam. Like, uh, as cool as other ones are, you just those classics are just. Well yeah, done. there's something iconic about them, and um, I, I just don't think that they've captured that same magic. Um, yeah. In in modern design philosophy. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, Zionic Shadow is saying Hazel Custom High Mobility Type from GBO2. That is an excellent one because I love high mobility type yeah. stuff. So a Hazel like that, excellent. Um, oh, and Zionic Shadow is also saying he has an idea for Camille's Custom Zeta Gundam if he joined Neo Zeon. Okay, you're going to have to post that. Uh, yeah, in one of the yeah absolutely, because I, I have my version that, that I'm still working on um, that I, I need to fix the backpack because I melted it with acetone (laughs) wow um okay moving on if you could bring back any uc and this is from sway by the way Uh, bring back any uc gundam character dead or alive to return in the future animated projects who would it be i would choose rumble raw okay steven on the count of three we're gonna say who it is okay all right one two three emma ortega no, no. <laughs> no. no, that's actually I, I I was getting a little meme there because you know obviously the the black tri stars are are great, but yeah, I mean Emma, 
That's why I think it was that last Gundam Warriors, you can play the mission where she doesn't die. And I do that. I purposely go to that sector. (laughs) That's priority number one. And and that's actually (laughs) one of the fun things about, like, the Dynasty Warriors Gundam series is that it's like, you know, oh, Emma's in trouble. You're going to go save Emma? Yeah. And no matter how fast you get there, you you don't end up saving her. Well, you um, do, though. Well, or it's a certain one, but then, like, she ends up dying later anyway, like, another way. It's almost like you're delaying the story in a way. Yeah. Um, Um, But I've only played through reborn i haven't played through the first three so i could be missing some stuff there now again that's where i think games are missing the mark where you know the old um gundam versus zeta gundam you had that that timeline mode where it was like you know if you play through the char mission without without garma getting killed in new york then you unlock a timeline where garma survives and then it's like Okay, well, if Garma survives, does he go with Char or does he join Dozel? And then you have like these alternate timelines of, you know, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't amount to much because it's just different missions that you unlock. But I thought that that was so cool when I'm playing through, you know, 300 plus missions and I'm just like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> like that... Amaro doesn't get put under house arrest and Amaro gets the Mark II instead of Camille. Like, this is insane. Does that happen in one of them? Yeah, that's one of the options. Do you, do you happen so, to know which one? Which is it? The latest one, or is it? A... Oh no! This is the PS2 game. The oh, which one? Uh, Gundam versus Zeta Gundam. Gundam versus Zeta Gundam. Man, everyone keeps talking about that one. I think I'm gonna. Oh, it's so good, man. I'm after um, because I love that idea of being able to recreate. So yeah, even though it doesn't really mean anything, it's just fun to kind of explore that in an official means. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Sway's being Rumble Rawl, I think, is a good one, especially how Origin really, like, humanized him in a way to where he almost seemed like he was really a good guy, especially him and his family, how they took care of the kids. You know? That's that's something that, um, you know, from, from the original series onward, they've always portrayed a lot of the Xeon soldiers as being very um, chivalrous, I guess, yeah. is the, you know, they, they have this strict code of honor. Um, it reminds me a lot of, the way that people talk about um, like Robert E. Lee, how, you know, like, oh, Robert E. Lee didn't actually want to fight for the Confederacy. It's just like he was on the wrong side. And uh, it's like, all right, well. Yeah, you know. I guess that could happen. Yeah, that's true. You could be caught up and it just that's your world, you know. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, OK, and then uh, Brandon with another one. I think a video tribute should be made uh, for voice actor Michael Kopsa, the original dub voice of Char yeah. Aznable in the MSG series dub and the Char's counterattack dubs. He also voiced Char in many of the video games, too. You know what? I he bet did. if I had been into Gundam longer, that would have maybe affected me more where I would have made a video. But it's a good idea. I mean, I'll always remember the main actor of G-Savior giving him a shout out, too, when he passed it. <laughs> There you go. That was so warming. Um, (laughs) All right. Something I wanted to jump to real quick. So I am going to – oh, help me. This uh, – I was trying to share my screen. Oh, interesting. I I killed the browser, and it left the image without it flashing. (laughs) Gustav Carl joins the battle. Um, That is – that's pretty cool because I think that is a sick looking suit that they made and I don't know if and you, you let me know Hatter is it cool because of how chonky he is or is it just cool because it just looks cool I mean it's got to be the chonk factor right 
Um, yeah. And uh, ironically, I think that it's designated as a high mobility type mobile suit. Um, I, I didn't know this until I, I saw it on the wiki. And it, so, you know, I, I don't consider that an authoritative source, but I'm pretty sure that it's designated as like a, a faster, lightweight unit. And I'm like, in what world? <laughs> yeah, Zionic, you might be able to uh, um, confirm that because I know you tend to know a lot about uh, the GVO2 suits. Oh, and Neon Wave is saying and Brandon Elliott, Mark from G Savior, started his acting career by being in the music video for Life is a Highway. Not a joke. <laughs> He's the guy driving the convertible throughout the video. Oh, oh I'm going to check that out. Hilarious. Speaking of, and because I don't want to get anyone a seizure, I'm going to. Speaking of things. This is kind of unrelated, but I just discovered a movie today made in 1995 starring Jet Li where he's a bodyguard for a martial arts actor that's played by a Jackie Chan impersonator. And it's like you're watching this guy bumbling around like he's complaining about China and wants to go to Hollywood and then Jet Li's just trying to protect him. And it's amazing. I never knew that existed. So, yeah, just a little. That's like a classic buddy cop style film that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty cool. Okay, so I tell you, I am going. I if anyone gets a seizure, email me. I'll forward it on to uh, tell whatever they're called. <laughs> um, so Vincent Gleisner. All right, so you guys can see what he looks like real quick. I'm I'm gonna then move away from this flashing nightmare. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so I can read this to you guys. Um, so let me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I learned about this guy because what's really cool about the SD Gundam G Generation Genesis game, which is a long title, is it has, like, all the UC, like, timeline, and this mainly the side stories from the one-year war and after that actually were, like, video games first. Like, from the early 90s on the Super Famicom up until probably Dreamcast or maybe, yeah, maybe Dreamcast or PS2 too. Um, uh, and that's where I learned about this missing link. So in 0079, Vincent was 18. Um, and okay, he's a pilot belonging to the Principality of Xeon's Assault Mobile Forces Special Contingent Marcosius Corps. He was a member of the G platoon led by Doug Schneid. And didn't Doug Schneid have, like, an Afrit or something like that? Um, yeah, yeah, one of the eight Afrits. That's right, yeah, okay. Um, he was living with his mother inside three, but was removed from the elite course when his mother was suspected of being in league with the Federation. And wasn't that because his dad was trying to call her to make sure she was okay? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, so that's pretty sad. His dad was a, uh, I guess, technically a Federation defector? Yeah, um... Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty interesting story, though. Um, however, because of his excellent performance and training, he was transferred to the Marcosius Corps. Well, and it's not uncommon for Xeon and Federation to uh, hire people that aren't trustworthy or that they wouldn't trust anyway, they, whether that's prisoners or whatever, and then put them in special missions all the time anyway. Yeah, you got that, like, Dirty Dozen-style, yeah. like, suicide squad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. They really need to double down on that Suicide Squad aspect with a Gundam show, where it's oh, like yeah. almost like Power Rangers. I don't know. I said that where it's like five people that you just follow all the time, and they're all crazy. And yeah, that. I mean, if they just took the Missing Link storyline and made that 
Um, you know, oh, does I, it I kind of play out like that? Well, yeah, the slave wraith core. The ah, um, uh, yeah, because Gleisner's dad basically yep. is like the dirty dozen. Um, That's and right. Gleisner himself kind of has a storyline that I would, I would put that storyline on par with like Amaro. You yeah. Know, in terms yeah. of main character syndrome, you know, he's he's got this tragic backstory, doesn't right. know who his father is. Yeah. Yeah, all the the drama that yeah about your past, your parents, and relationships, um, being tugged you know, around from both sides. Um, yeah. He has the earnestness of a boy of his age, but his intelligence works in the right direction. And he has a, he has the earnestness of a boy of his age. That's like saying I have the age of a boy of my age. I don't, I don't know, but his intelligence works in the right direction. And he has a well-balanced personality. He also has a strong sense of responsibility and a gentle nature at heart. In the beginning, he dreamed of becoming an ace, but the hellish battlefield gave him the strength to continue fighting against reality. He has a high sense of mobile suit control, and his ability to flexibly come up with the right answer regardless of the battlefield is his strong suit, and his broad perspective has been recognized by Doug Schneid, who has been eyeing him as a potential commander. So, during the Battle of Balakou, he encounters the RX-80PR Pale Rider, uh, which has been giving him a hard time so far, and with the help of Guy Helmuth and Liberio Linke, <laughs> Uh, he is able to disable it. But both of them are killed in battle. He learns that Chloe Crose, the pilot of the Pale Rider, was a young girl and that uh, she uh, she was on, she was only one of the victims of the war and, pro, and protects her. That's weird. That she was only one of the victims of the war? Do you know what they mean by that? So, Just in terms of like her being used for the suit? Yeah, I think... Maybe the the phrasing of that's weird, but I think it's like saying just a victim of the war, not just one of the victims of the war, oh, as okay. opposed to, yeah. I see, I, get, I see that. Okay, and protects her. After that, he continues to fight with her in the AU and Neo Zeon army, but sometimes he remembers the resentment he felt. Oh, yeah, sometimes he re remembers the resentment he felt when his comrades were killed and thinks about shooting uh, Chloe's machine from behind on the battlefield. Yeah, that's something I remember from the story is he had this strong um, feeling uh, about that. Um, however, he never does so and treats her kindly out of compassion for her. After joining up with the newborn Neo Zeon in 90, he received the new AMS-119 Giradoga for practical testing. That's a cool uh, little story there. Uh, together with Chloe now piloting a repaired and heavily modified Pale Rider now designated the AMX-018 Hades Toadstritter, Vincent engaged in combat with remnants of a Neo-Zeon splinter faction that included Vincent's former Mikosius squadmate Anna Rose Rosenheim in the repaired NZ-000 Queen Mansa. Anna Rose held an intense vendetta against Chloe for the death of Albert Bell and many of her Marcosius squadmates at the end of the One-Year War and engaged in a fierce battle with Chloe. This battle ultimately culminated with the destruction of both their machines. However, both women managed to survive the battle with relatively few injuries and were rescued after the battle by Vincent and his father, Travis Kirkland, who interfered with the conflict while searching for his son. After the battle, all four pilots were finally able to resolve their respective conflicts with each other and left the battlefield to live a relatively peaceful life together. Chloe settled down with Vincent, eventually giving birth to his child. So you were right about that being quite a story. Is there a manga of this? By chance, let's see. Uh, there must be because the um, they, they really don't explore a whole lot of that in the side stories video game. It's... Mm. 
you know, you play through the one-year war aspect of it, and then you have maybe one or two missions in the uh, Neo Zeon era. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, Zeonic Shadow says in the chat the Pale Rider Vincent Gleisner type, which is so sick. When when Gleisner does use the uh, Pale Rider for a brief period, he's got two Gelgoog double uh, Naginatas. Oh, um, sick. oh yeah. But um, That's but that that you don't get to do that in the video game either. <laughs> well, I put in in the chat a link to the manga, so that does exist. I'm gonna have to try to get a hold of it because that is a cool story, and also that those suits are sick in it. Anyway, um, in uh, the Battle of Abaku, is that referenced? Double O eighty one, the game. Like, do they ever have animation? I might ask you this yesterday. Of Vincent. Oh yeah. Well, so you actually do. Uh, well, and I think in G Generation Genesis too, you actually play the Battle of Baku. Yeah. But um, I wonder if there's like uh, animation, because sometimes the video games have awesome animation. Uh, do they ever have any of Vincent in any of his suits? Nah, no, unfortunately, no. that's one of the weaknesses of the side stories video game is that it doesn't have any character animations. All the cinematics are all in mobile suit, ah. which is kind of awkward because, you know, sometimes, and especially because the entire game is in Japanese, you're not quite sure who's talking when. Yeah. So it's just like you have a Zaku talking to another Zaku, and it's just... Yeah, that's why playing that game has been mindless for me. I mean, I've only played through the Federation stuff so far. Or I beat the Federation, and I think I just started Xeon, but it's like it's really hard to really understand everything that's happening. Yeah, um, sometimes you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. It's like, am I supposed to be protecting this? Am I supposed to be destroying that? I, <laughs> I know. there was. I think there was one time I, I was like failing the mission and I was like, how am I failing this? And and I didn't understand. And then eventually I figured it out. But, okay. Um, I am going to try. I'm going to try uh, to play a voicemail that was sent. Um, let me open that up. And it is from Robert. He did... Um, Send two, but one of them, Robert, uh, it was about a party. He just wanted to let everyone know he was going to a Christmas party. So, um, wow, congratulations! Yeah, that's that's awesome. Sounds cool. Okay, I hope you all hear it. Hey, Adam. Hey, Stephen. Another podcast question popped into my head during last week's podcast, so I'm recording it today on Monday, the 21st of November. Between Marita Cruz and her Kshatriya and Soleta Mercury and her big sister, Ariel, who would you think would win in a cross-Gundam universe fight? Also, have those in chat during the podcast answer this question, too. Robert Westfall, signing out. Okay, so first of all, did you hear that, Stephen? I did, yes. Excellent, excellent, okay. Well, uh, hopefully in chat you guys did too, and... and Post what you think. So I guess the idea... Oh, and Jedi Sela already with it. Saleta <laughs> would win because she has never been beaten. Okay. Well, that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, Steven? You know, I've got to hand it to Saleta. I mean, the, the Gundarms seem to be a little bit more powerful than even, you know, even the toughest new types. And, and you know, what's, what's a rinky-dink little funnel going to do against... You know some of the more powerful remote weapons that the uh, that the aerials got. 
Yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too. I was looking at what are some badass moments with the Kshatriya, and a lot of it was when it was fighting those Jagans. I think they were at the beginning, and she's shooting up, and it's just, like, tearing things up. And then, okay, what's comparable? Well, the aerial has those bits that could be made out of children uh, that are flying around. So, <laughs> and then just, just decimated that guy's. She decimated, My money's on the dead kids. <laughs> yeah. and, and not only did she destroy that guy's suit, but without killing. So there's precision. So, yeah. Yeah, Saletta might be the one, even though I love Marita Cruz, her storyline. Kshatriya is sick. And then she had the Banshee for a little bit. And that was cool. She did. Yeah. yeah. So and so you got you gotta wonder, is is Marita Cruz more dangerous behind the helm of the Kshatriya or the Banshee? I would I would say, and I don't know if there's an answer to this. I'm just gonna say Banshee because I feel like that's when she was able to be herself. Right? Or am, am I misremembering? I think it might be vice versa. Vice versa. Because the Banshee okay. is the one that kind of messes with the pilot's head. Ah, okay. Because he so definitely it's... messed up really pretty bad. Okay, okay. Because I remember, yeah, there was the, yeah, once she kind of got back to herself, um, I felt like, yeah, that, whatever she's piloting then, yeah, that's, um, okay. Um, from Ian, you know a podcast is getting more attention when a sex bot comes in trying to get someone to click on the link. Oh, Okay, well, thanks. I uh, thanks, Ian. I had no idea. Um, oh man, I'm gonna have to clear my browser history. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Jedi laughs> um, Jedi oh, Sailor killing oh, yeah. me with that. Um, I'll Mary Sue Letter. How would the aerial fare against the unicorn when the later's NTD system overrides the aerial's self defense systems? Okay, that's yeah. If you put that stuff in consideration, um, hmm. by the end of the series, maybe we'd get a better idea. Um, and then, um, let's see, Neon Wave is saying she's not one, she's flawed and only OP because of her bits. Hey, that's inappropriate. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Without them, she's just a decent pilot who can still lose to a more skilled pilot. She almost lost to Ghoul after all. Hmm. Uh, and then Ian is saying, I'll say that the Ariel would win because of the protagonist power. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah, Luke you is know, scared that's, saying, that's one of the that's things about Witch I would Mercury, want to right? see Sayla, although I would like to see the Ariel versus the Phoenix. Oh, that's that's a good one, too. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, I think that's it, unless anyone in chat uh, is like, Adam, you forgot this or that. But I think I really covered everything I wanted to cover. I would just end with... Um. Oh yeah! If you're a supporter, we're voting on the movie night, so we're gonna have that uh, come about soon this month. And from that, that's usually how we figure out what we're gonna do for G Watch. So also as a supporter, um, you can partake in the G Watch. We'll kind of do a chair rotation. Um, so if you're interested, just reach out and we'll uh, see about that. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's really it. All the links in the description for everything, even Steven's page. Um, and you know, he, he goes live on Wednesdays, whiskey Wednesdays, and then this is on thirsty Thursdays. I'm going to have to come up with a graphic for that. Um, there you go. Oh, Brian's in and Chili saying he's on episode 13 on G Reco. How are you liking it so far? And Ian is saying endless waltz, second best Christmas movie ever. Lucas Garrett saying you guys covered everything. Well, that's it then. If Lucas that, that, says that. it. Actually, yeah, speaking of Lucas, I'm going to read this on the next next uh, 
podcast, Remind Me Lucas, there was an awesome reply he had to um, uh, my video about the um, brainwave uh, new type stuff. So I, I thought that was pretty good content too. But Oh, and Lucas is rewatching 0083. That's a good one. Okay. Well, hey, cool. well, Brandon Keith endorses that decision. Oh, yeah. That's right. Double O eighty three or nothing. Yeah, exactly. That is his favorite. That's nice of you to remember that. But yeah. I, I remember everything about my friends. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. You are. Uh, you're a true friend, aren't you? Um, but, well, Stephen, anything to mention or bring up? I guess mm-hmm. you just released the the Patreon perks for this month, right? Yes. So um, I didn't have time to finish the uh, the old high mobility zaku kit today so um the 3d model kit of the day is the mudrock gundam so um if you're into 3d printing um you you can check that out on the patreon i even included the blend file so that if you want to repose it it's kind of in a standard like cannons firing pose but Uh if you wanted to pose it into something cooler you can do that um and then yeah i also posted about that uh that tabletop or video game stat conversion formula that I developed for for you game developers out there. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's good stuff. So yeah, check out the links in the description for that and all the supporters too that are in the tier where you they can share an ad. You can see the ads below here and in the description. But I think that's it. So everyone have a good weekend. Can't wait to do this again. Can't wait to make the videos that are going to come out next week. So until then, 